With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. How would you like to get yourself a brand new copy of our free digital enlightened book right now? You can grab yourself a copy. The book includes insights from some of the world's top dot leaders and the core book itself. And once again, you can get yourself a copy at thisisthebook.com. Again, thisisthebook.com. And when it asks for a code near the top of the page in relation to the enlightened book, just use the code best ever you all lowercase and all spelled out, and then you'll have an email come along. Just confirm on that email, and the book will be immediately on its way to your inbox. Enjoy, and I hope you have a magical day. Hi, everyone. This is Shelly, a.k.a. The Phoenix. Are you ready to be motivated, educated, entertained, and inspired? Well, you have come to the right place. Now get your pen and paper ready because you're listening to the newest episode of the Conversations with Passion radio show with your host, Corey Poirier. Hello, everybody. It is Corey Poirier, and I'm back with the latest edition of the Conversations with Passion radio show. And really excited today to have a uh, brand, well, I'll, I'll say she's been a guest in the past uh, with us, and um, but a brand new discussion point today. Uh, so Jenna Ross, really excited to have you here today. And I think probably the best starting point would be to get you to tell us maybe a little bit about your backstory uh, and or your journey so our listeners who maybe didn't catch you last time can get to know you a little bit better. Sure thing. Thanks, Corey. Thanks for having me again on your show. Um, it's always a, a pleasure to speak with you. Um, just a backstory for everyone. I am someone who's um, I've been trained in psychology through university, and I went on to work in information technology. And I got interested probably about six years ago. Well, it's been a long time that I've been interested in real estate as an investment. Um, And I've been actively investing in real estate with my husband for probably about six years now. And through that experience, it, uh, it got me looking and realizing that it was something that I enjoyed and something that I, I saw as a solution that a lot of other properties, property owners need. Um, and so I decided to leave my full-time job and go out into business on my own. And so I've created a company called Happy Place Property Management. And I'm currently just into my second year in business. Um, so, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been going really well. And I've been learning a lot of lessons along the way. Awesome stuff. Well, you know, Jenna, that's what I'd like to dive into a bit today and, you know, see if we can perhaps extract some of those lessons as well. Uh, so I guess, Jenna, as a first starting point, for somebody, let's say, that, uh, you know, you know, perhaps they're just starting, like you were a couple of years ago, 
and they don't know how the industry works. They don't know what they're sort of getting into. Um, if you could go back, so let's just take it from this approach. If you could go back in time a little bit and, you know, know maybe two or three things that you didn't know that you had to learn the hard way, what are maybe one or two of those things that you learned since then that you wish you would have known earlier on? And, again, I'm just thinking for that person that's brand new and, and wants to start out in the right foot. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh, so many things. So I guess if um, if someone was brand new starting out for the first time and purchasing their, their first property that they wanted to rent out, um, while I'm – a big believer in property management and hiring someone to do property management. I also feel that it's really beneficial for new investors to actually take that on themselves and, and learn and understand what it is to um, advertise your property and what it is to the work that goes into placing a tenant and, and trying to figure out how to screen a tenant and, um, you know, and to what's involved in maintaining a property and go through maybe even, you know, a year <laughs> at least and see, you know, if that's something that um, that a, an investor enjoys um, and keep going with it if you do. But if you decide that, you know, it it, it is a lot of work and, um, you know, then it might be time to look at hiring a property manager and certainly, um Certainly for my clients who live out of the country or out of the province um, or out of the city, it's, it's really, really strongly advised that they, they hire a, prof- a professional property manager or company. And so, you know, saying that, I guess, then uh, when you, you think about what it was like, you know, sort of being that, uh, that person that was in the starting of the journey, How would you like to get yourself a brand new copy of our free digital enlightened book right now? You can grab yourself a copy. The book includes insights from some of the world's top dot leaders and the core book itself. And once again, you can get yourself a copy at thisisthebook.com. Again, thisisthebook.com. And when it asks for a code near the top of the page in relation to the enlightened book, just use the code BESTEVERYOU all lowercase and all spelled out, and then you'll have an email come along. Just confirm on that email, and the book will be immediately on its way to your inbox. Enjoy, and I hope you have a magical day. Hi, everyone. This is Shelly, a.k.a. The Phoenix. Are you ready to be motivated, educated, entertained, and inspired? Well, you have come to the right place. Now get your pen and paper ready because you're listening to the newest episode of the Conversations with Passion radio show with your host, Corey Poirier. Hello, everybody. It is Corey Poirier, and I'm back with the latest edition of the Conversations with Passion radio show. And really excited today to have a uh, brand, well, I'll, I'll say she's been a guest in the past uh, with us, and um, but a brand new discussion point today. Uh, so Jenna Ross, really excited to have you here today. And I think probably the best starting point would be to get you to tell us maybe a little bit about your backstory uh, and or your journey so our listeners who maybe didn't catch you last time can get to know you a little bit better. Sure thing. Thanks, Corey. Thanks for having me again on your show. 
Um, it's always a, a pleasure to speak with you. Um, just a backstory for everyone. I am someone who's, um, I've been trained in psychology through university, and I went on to work in information technology. And I got interested probably about six years ago. Well, it's been a long time that I've been interested in real estate as an investment. Um, and I've been actively investing in real estate with my husband for probably about six years now. And through that experience, it uh, it got me looking and realizing that it was something that I enjoyed and something that I, I saw as a solution that a lot of other properties, property owners need. Um, and so I decided to leave my full-time job and go out into business on my own. And so I've created a company called Happy Place Property Management. And I'm currently just into my second year in business. Um, so yeah, it's been, uh, it's been going really well and I've been learning a lot of lessons along the way. Awesome stuff. Well, you know, Jenna, that's what I'd like to dive into a bit today and, you know, see if we can perhaps extract some of those lessons as well. Uh, so I guess, Jenna, as a first starting point, for somebody, let's say, that, uh, you know, you know, perhaps they're just starting, like you were a couple of years ago, and they don't know how the industry works, they don't know what they're sort of getting into, um, if you could go back, so let's just take it from this approach, if you could go back in time a little bit and, you know, know maybe two or three things that you didn't know that you had to learn the hard way, what are maybe one or two of those things that you learned since then that you wish you would have known earlier on? And again, I'm just thinking for that person that's brand new and, and wants to start out in the right foot. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. So many things. So I guess if, um, if someone was brand new starting out for the first time and purchasing their, their first property that they wanted to rent out um, while I'm, a big believer in property management and hiring someone to do property management. I also feel that it's really beneficial for new investors to actually take that on themselves and, and learn and understand what it is to um, advertise your property and what it is to the work that goes into placing a tenant and, and trying to figure out how to screen a tenant and, um, you know, and to what's involved in maintaining a property and go through maybe even, you know, a year <laughs> at least and see, you know, if that's something that um, that a, an investor enjoys um, and keep going with it if you do. But if you decide that, you know, it it, it is a lot of work and, um, you know, then it might be time to look at hiring a property manager and certainly, um Certainly for my clients who live out of the country or out of the province um, or out of the cities, it's, it's really, really strongly advised that they, they hire a, prof a professional property manager or company. And so, you know, saying that, I guess, then uh, when you, you think about what it was like, you know, sort of being that, uh, that person that was in the starting of the journey and uh, and trying to, you mentioned screen tenants and things like that. Um, would you say, and again, this is coming from somebody who doesn't have the experience that you have and, and hasn't spent really any time in the industry, but would you yeah. say screening, the screening of tenants is 
one of the most important components and aspects of being a successful property manager? Yeah, it's. I feel like if you take a really nice property um, and you can place a, a good tenant that loves the home um, and sort of is well-suited to it and it's suiting their needs, um, then it makes the job really quite easy. You know, obviously you're going to verify that they have income to support the rent that they need to pay, but um, there is, there is quite a bit that goes into it. Um, Like there's collecting an application and there's doing a credit check. And there's also just meeting the person and talking to them and, you know, stories come out and you're kind of, kind of looking at it from a lot of different angles, the personal side and the, you know, financial side and just, you know, really seeing if the person is a fit for the property that you're trying to put them into, because um, if they're not, <laughs> it's kind of the premise around my business, but if they're not, if it's not their happy place, <laughs> then, you know, you're just trying to squeeze somebody into something that's not going to necessarily work long-term and, and it might be problematic because, um, you know, if they're not happy, then they're not going to stay, and then you're you're back to square one. So, and then what about I guess you know and this is something that I'm thinking of a lesson learned, but what about um, you know when you come to the uh, you know when it comes to let's say dealing with somebody who is late paying or or you know maybe not the greatest tenant, what um, I guess what can you do to I guess sort of make sure that doesn't occur early on. I mean, I guess it's probably the research you do beforehand. And then what can you do, I guess, if you run into maybe it's a person that was going to be an ideal tenant, but something came up and then now all of a sudden they're always running behind with payments and stuff like that, their rent and stuff. You know, what do you recommend for people in terms of that process? Yeah. um, It's so funny because we kind of touched on that, that question the last time and I didn't have, um, I didn't have a lot of lessons learned around it because as we were starting out as investors, we were very careful. We were very hands-on, very cautious. Um, And then um, I launched my website and I ended up with a lot of new properties that came on board and a lot of people contacting me. And um, I was kind of, um, I was saying yes to a lot of properties that, you know, maybe I should have been more cautious of the ones that I onboarded, but I did end up in some different situations where I was like, wow, um, I got to see um, the whole eviction process. And um, I, I guess, you know, it's uh, it, it's uh, good lessons to learn. So I know that I know basically what I'm trying to um, avoid for my owners um, and learning, you know, how to deal with it. And I think, um, as soon as you start to have an issue with a tenant, you have to be really, and that's where a property management, a property manager, um, really helps out because you have to be kind of on top of it. Like as soon as I hear that somebody's struggling to pay their rent, I'm realizing, okay, like we, um, this could be a this month thing, but if they don't catch up, then we've really got to, you know, take steps and uh, and be aware that. Um, things just may fall apart here, so we've got to we've got to be actively um, mitigating that risk. Yeah, and th- and that makes sense. And you know, I guess like I guess there's circumstances where you know it's that something has occurred, and and you know it's somebody mm-hmm. who was a good tenant all along, and and will catch up, versus the person that um, this is sort of habitual, you know, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and or you know you see that maybe beforehand they seem like they'd be great but maybe it's their first time renting and and you know they they start paying good for six months and then they don't at all or they start right off the bat not paying well so i guess i you can correct me if i'm wrong jenna but would it be a part as well of looking at the individual circumstance to see if this is somebody who's just you know falling on a rough patch who will be an amazing tenant but is just struggling versus somebody who just you know, doesn't doesn't feel like paying on time because they're putting their focus on other things. Yeah, so I mean, there are some people out there that um, you know they're sort of chronic serial renters, and they try to you know they try to work the system and try to live rent free, and they do different things. I mean, those people you can usually avoid, and especially when you're a property management company, um, those types of tenants just they try to seek out the um, the loan landlords that are advertising, um, you know, advertising a property to rent. They would target them more because they would know that a property management company has processes in place to screen them better. So they're a little, they, uh, they steer clear of that a little bit more. But I think most people, um, they, genu- they genuinely want to pay their rent. Um, that's that's mostly what I see, but I do see sometimes that people get into a situation, um, the loss of job, um, you know, uh, breakups and and things like that, where their whole circumstance changes. Um, and I do try to work with them, and I try to keep an open mind, and also um, with the owner of the property, work with them as well to say, okay, like. I know this person is in a longer term lease, but I think we need to help them um, move on and help them find something that's more suitable to their circumstance and, um, you know, and place a new tenant, that sort of thing in that kind of a situation usually helps rather than just have somebody that, you know, the rent might end up all of a sudden being double what they can currently afford. So just, you know, thinking about the people and the situations and um, finding and a solution. So, yeah, and, and that's what I figured uh, that, you know, there, like you said, there's going to be circumstance whenever, you know, it's a, a change in their circumstance that's temporary. And, you know, it may make sense to work with somebody who, you know, has been an amazing attendant, and then it's just mm-hmm. that switch and, and it's only short-term. Um, obviously, at the same time, you, you can only look at, let that go so far as well because you're also running a business and you have to pay a lot of other stuff. And, you know, I know people that, have, somebody told me recently they got into property management. Yeah, actually, I was, trying, I was trying to remember what the circumstance was, but I remember now. And somebody told me they got into uh, property management, and they, um, they, from their perspective, they were just actually, I should say, they were only renting at one place, and it was their house, and they had two homes. And he said that he would never do it again, and his reasoning was, and it all had to do with the person he had in there, but they would mm. pay habitually late every month, like let's say four or five days, and he said, so what would happen is I had to constantly be paying the mortgage payment be in advance and then getting the money from them. But because of the way it was all structured, he said, I'd kind of, then I'd have the money on me that they would hand me on the fifth and I'd already paid the mortgage. So then I'm spending, spending money that should have been going towards the mortgage. And he said, it was a nightmare because this person always paid late. Like he said, no matter what he did, he could never get them to pay on time. So he, yeah. had, he got burned, I guess, but he only had one client, you know, one, one tenant uh, so from his perspective, he's only looking at a one-off circumstance. But, uh, you know, ideally, like you said, most of your tenants will pay on time, and it's just the minority. But in his case, it was the only one he had. And, and like I said, that was 
you know, he had, he said, like, they had, this person was in a circumstance, he understood their circumstance, and they didn't get paid until, like, the second or third, but he said because he didn't allow for that when he started, because they said they pay on time, it basically ate into what he was doing every month. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's the way, you know, all the, all of the owners have, you know, mortgages coming out and insurance and stuff like that, and um, there's not a lot of grace that way the mortgage payment's going to come out of their bank account and sometimes tenants think you know oh i'm paying you know thirteen hundred dollars a month for this home um and i'm giving it to the landlord but they don't understand the expenses like sometimes um for some properties that's just breaking even that's just covering the cost right and <laughs> and sometimes there's the you know an impression that that landlords are just taking the money and just putting it in the bank and just going shopping, but that, that's not <laughs> usually the case. <laughs> so then, Jenna, you know, when we talk about, you know, as you said, you're now rounding out the second year, so I'm sure there's some different uh, things that you've learned that you didn't know before you jumped in. And so I'm curious if you can share some, maybe a couple of lessons that you learned that you think might be valuable for other people that are in the industry. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it kind of, um, it would go across industries. I think when you're trying to build and scale a business, um, you know, a lot of people like myself and like for January set goals and say, you know, I want to double my revenue or um, I want to double the amount of stores that I'm managing like on a monthly basis. And I want to increase my tenant placements that I'm doing for other owners and uh, so you make all these goals and um, I had just launched a website and all of a sudden I was getting a lot of calls I was getting calls like every day of new properties and I just was like okay I have my goals and I'll just say yes I'll take that one and I'll take that one and I'll take that one and um, and so my business grew very um, it grew quite a lot um, in in this year and um and then all of a sudden um because it's such a property management is quite a complex business um there's a lot of moving parts you're dealing with tenants you're dealing with the property owners um you're dealing with maintenance um you know just maintaining these these homes and uh, it can be it can be quite overwhelming and so you know what i've kind of learned is the art of property management is really managing the chaos. So it's um, really being clear on what properties make sense for me. I tried a commercial one at one point um, that wasn't a fit for what I do. Um, and that student property um, management, it's very resource heavy. It takes a lot of time and you're dealing with more people um and so um that's not really my focus um so my focus is it's just uh, one of the big lessons i've learned is that my focus is really single family whether that's a condo um but not like a whole apartment building that wouldn't be something that i would get into um so yeah just really single family homes and dwellings is my focus um and just being a little bit pickier on properties I use um, as a benchmark. I look at it and say, um, is this a property that 
if it's fixed up, um, you know, because sometimes they do need a little bit of maintenance and some paint and some cosmetic things. If it was fixed up, would I move in here with my family? And then that's kind of my benchmark for saying if it's a property that I'll take on. Yeah, that's, that's such a great piece of advice. Absolutely. And, and I mean, I think it makes sense that if you want to have, because some people do things for the short term, but if you want to have long-term success, it should be something that you would invest in, in the sense for your family. Um, you know, you're mm-hmm. still invested in living there, if, even if you're renting it. So I think that's a great question to pose, and I think that's a great question for uh, people to ask themselves when they're looking to manage a property. Yes, exactly, and that's going to attract. Um, it's going to attract the right tenants that you want to that you want to get in there, and that's that's really key. Now, how about the other thing I'm curious about is uh, setting rental amounts. So. What do you advise people in that area? Because I'm sure that's a, a challenging area for anybody that's new to property management. Yeah, I <laughs> I have a good sense um, just where I specialize um, in the Halifax area of Nova Scotia. Um, I have a good sense when I see a property, um, but I'll also sit down with owners when we're setting the rent price. Um, the first thing I'll do is I'll look on um, the website or um Kijiji is where I list most of my properties for rent. Um, that's a really popular site here. So I'll look there to see, say, it's a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bathroom home. I'll check for the specific area and, and see what's out there, what's the competition, and set the, and set the price. Um, it'll give me sort of a ballpark. And then also I'll sit down with the owners and say, okay, what is your – uh, what are your expenses that you have every month? What is your mortgage payment? Add your insurance, um, you know, um, any maintenance costs, anything that's on lease for the property, property management, um, that expense if you're hiring a property manager and you want um, as an investor for me um, and what I recommend to other investors is that your your um, your rent should be a couple hundred above those expenses so that you've got some wiggle room if you have a major repair that comes. And a lot of times uh, the uh, the property owners will kind of keep that money in an account to uh, have it there to cover maintenance that almost always comes up in a year. And now, how? I mean, I don't know if you've run into this yet. Again, uh, in, in two years, this may not have come up because I'm sure it's a unique circumstance. But what, what you know, what do you recommend to people, or, or have you had to deal with a situation where you have a place that's empty for quite a while, and you know, when does the person decide what move they make with that? Like, if if a property uh, stays empty or if it isn't attractive to people, um, you know, what point do you decide? Okay, maybe it's time to sell this, or what do I do with this? I'm just wondering if you've run into that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, the demand in this area for single family kind of pet friendly homes, it doesn't come up often, but, um, I met with a new property owner just yesterday and that was one of their questions is they, they wanted to sell and then they, they contacted me, um, to have their place rented out. It just kind of was something they were interested in, um, and they wanted to know, you know, if, if it takes me, you know, like, Usually the turnaround, the cycle is usually um, six weeks, but if it took, you know, three months and it was still vacant and they were still having to pay their mortgage and stuff, um, 
you know, I said, well, that wouldn't really work for me either. I wouldn't want that. I don't see that often. It's very, very rare if I pick something up that's, that I feel, you know, is, is rentable. It usually goes very quickly. So I haven't run into that. Um, but I would tell, I mean, I would tell the owners that obviously um, I'm not going to tie them to it. I, I don't want people to be sitting there with something that's vacant and not, and not moving. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess from their perspective, um, it depends, I guess, as well, if they've already had the house listed and it's not selling anyway. <laughs> because if it's not selling anyway and they're paying the mortgage anyway, then it probably doesn't matter either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I don't see that often. I see um, a lot of homes sometimes in, like, homes that are for sale, there's more competition. Um, and buyers, they're making a longer-term commitment. And I find that if it's a well-maintained home and you price it, at a rental amount that's competitive, um, it goes usually no problem. Yeah. And so I guess then the uh, the other side to it is if we talk about again, if we jump back into that lessons learned, um, what if you know if you could maybe think from a perspective of being a, a good property manager based on what you've learned, you know, are there some tips that you can give people based on? You know, here's what here's to do's and here's what not to do um, in terms of being a good property manager for, for both the tenant and, and in general and for not losing money. Like, is there, are there some lessons or tips that you can share with us that you've learned and things you wish you would have done differently or things you're glad you did the way you did? <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, again, it goes back to tenant placement. Um, so one of the services that I provide is, I'll take a property on for an owner. Sometimes they want to be completely hands-off. And even though it's not my property that, you know, I own personally, I have a vested interest because I'll be managing it on a monthly basis. So I will show a property until I've shown it enough times that I've met somebody that I feel, you know, is is an ideal fit. Um and, you know, I need to be able to get along with them because usually it's a longer-term relationship where um, almost like a professional friendship. Um, so they need to feel comfortable with me and I need to feel comfortable with them and, um, you know, and, and start that relationship to provide them with service for the home that they're, they're living in. So um, I think the biggest tip would be to definitely take your time um, and watch out for people that um, – you know, some people get relocated um, and they need to move quickly, and that's okay. But if somebody comes um, quite desperate to move quickly, then you have to ask questions like, you know, why um, maybe they're <laughs> leaving a, a different house that they didn't pay rent. You know, you need to ask the questions and try to have everything, the whole story line up so that you know that you're getting someone that um, is a responsible tenant. And then I guess uh, one of the, I mean, well, there's uh, one of the questions I like to ask, and there's usually three of them I like to ask each guest we bring into the show. So if you're okay with it, I'll ask you uh, these sort of three common questions we like to ask each guest and uh, just get your take on it. But um, the first question is, and this it could be industry books, so property management related or just in general. Uh, but or first of all, I guess, are you a reader? And if you are, are, is there a book or two that sort of changed your life or that you'd recommend to people, again, whether in relation to property management or just in general? Um, yes. So 
I'm a I'm a big fan of Robin Sharma. Um, and so one of my favorite books from Robin Sharma is um, The Leader Who Had No Title. It's a really Great good book. book. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's uh, I mean, that's in my opinion, that's a classic. And uh, we've we've interviewed Robin in the past, and I'm a huge fan of his work. So totally on board with that. <laughs> yes, I'm so jealous that you got to speak with him. That's amazing. Uh, you know, and and I will say it took uh, it took a lot of time, but um, in terms of scheduling it, but it was uh, it was certainly well worth it. Uh, one little side note, which I've shared in the past, is I actually had a major toothache uh, during the uh, <laughs> during the interview, so that made it interesting. But um, you know, because I had to obviously uh, find a way to keep my mind off this major toothache, and the uh, the answer was to drink a lot of water. But that's not always easy when you're in a short interview <laughs> and no, you drink true. a lot of water. But uh, but anyway, great. Great uh, interview. He's a, a, you know, I share his insight all the time. Uh, it was definitely up there in one of my favorite interviews. And then, uh, and that book is a brilliant book. And I also love The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari as well. I've talked about it a lot on the show. So, uh, yeah, I yeah. love Robin's work. So, awesome stuff. Um, how about if I, if I move in a bit of a different direction? Uh, we've talked about, I know in the past, we've talked about passion. But I don't think I asked you about success. So uh, my question, and I guess if I did, it'll be interesting to see if you have a moving answer to it. In other words, if the answer is different a year later. Uh, but how do you define success? <laughs> um, I <laughs> I define success as um, basically happiness, um, you know, and that, that sort of moving as well um, and, uh, you know, enjoying – the journey and, um, you know, enjoying, like doing something that you love, but also having the lifestyle where you enjoy your family and you can be um, sort of balanced in a sense where you can be present in the moment as well and just enjoy the simple things in your life while you're, while you're, um, you know, moving towards your goals. So then my very last question, uh, other than the unofficial one of how can we connect you to and, and, and of course, learn more, Jenna, but in, before I jump ahead to that one, uh, if you were able to sit across from a younger version of yourself and give her, I guess, one piece of life advice or two, I mean, you can pick the age because you know what you're going through at different points in time, uh, but if you could give her a piece of life advice based on what you've learned in the years since, and of course, this could be property management related or just in general, what do you think you might tell her? Um, I think I would tell myself to be open. Um, I've had a career path that's been sort of, um, you know, not not what I expected for myself. I never thought I would be a property manager, um, much less start a property management business, but it's something that I actually enjoy and um, trying new things and following things that are kind of um, – sort of calling you it uh it's a good way to go and, and not to be afraid to to do that love it and so like i said my very last question the unofficial one but just as important as the rest uh jenna ross if we wanted to connect with you uh people that are listening that maybe are trying to learn about the property management industry they're looking to invest uh, or they just want to pick your brain or they just want to reach out and say hi and connect with you and see how you're doing um where would you normally send people Sure. 
So again, my company name is Happy Place Property Management, and you can find me on my website, www.happyplacepm.com. And there's links to Twitter and Instagram and Facebook as well there. Awesome stuff. Well, Jenna Ross, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, with your permission, and I asked this last time as well, I believe, but I'll, with your permission, I'll call it a to be continued, and we'll look to bring you back on again because this is uh, one of those also moving discussions because I know there's always stuff to learn, and I know, as you said, you've rounded out two years, so uh, when we bring you back on, even a matter of a few months, I'm sure you'll learn some more life lessons as well, and uh, also with a half an hour, we can never cover the, the subject in full. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us today, and like I said, uh, back on in the future again. That sounds great. Thank you so much, Corey. Well, that's all, folks. That's another great show with a few great concepts and ideas that might be just what you need to get your ball rolling. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'd like to thank a few people for helping make this show possible. IB Trade Show. Go to ibtradeshow.com. Engaged Leadership. Go to in-gaged.ca. Permadry. Guaranteed solutions for leaky basements. Go to permadry.com. Sites and Bytes, your site for great service. Sitesandbytes.ca. Oxford Learning, never stop learning. Go to OxfordLearning.com. SmileDog, your receptionist. Go to SmileDog.ca. Thanks again for tuning in. On behalf of Corey Poirier, I am Marco Kelly, and this has been Conversations with Passion. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.